Hey guys, Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. Today's episode you're about to listen to is a live story time episode, but this one is a doozy because not only are we gonna continue our study of the great Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, but we have a surprise guest that popped into our podcast today, which I'm gonna let you find out as you're listening. And we may end up um, being this podcast went a little longer than an hour, broken up into a couple different parts. So there may be a minute or two that you'll miss some audio there, um, but it'll get right back on track. The full video, of course, is going to be on my Facebook page or pages. You can check it out. Uh, But I'm definitely excited for you guys to hear our continuation of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, reading from the book The New Gold Standard by Joseph Michelli, as well as some other cool insights and conversation points for today. So thanks again for tuning in. And now it's time for the podcast. All right, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing out there? Good morning. It's time, it's time, it's time. It is time for some story time this morning. Exciting. Today is March. No, it's not. (laughs) Whoa. Let's start. Let's start over. Let's start over. Today is May 13th. Man, I just had a serious flashback. Hardcore flashback. Not March 13th. Today is May 13th. And we are here. We are in the place to be. It's story time with Sunny D. Thanks for being here, however you're tuning in. If you're tuning in on Facebook page one, Facebook page two, what up? Good morning. If you're tuning in on the gram, what's going on? Good morning. If you're listening to it on the podcast or you're live on the Twitter broadcast or you're wherever you're tuning in from, good morning. Excited to be here. Excited to spend another morning with you guys. If you're just getting on here, go ahead and share. If you're on Facebook or you have the ability to go ahead and share the stream, share it with your friends, share it with your peeps, share it with whoever you can share it with. Um, Today's episode is going to be a banger. Today is the third installment. Uh, We're doing these brand case studies. So we've started going through our first subject, our first company, uh, a company that I've been admiring. Good morning, good morning. I've been admiring for a long, long time and studied and have learned so much from. Um, We've been studying the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company and I've got some awesome uh, news I'm going to share with you guys in just a second. But if you can take a minute to share the post, share the stream, share the broadcast, um, share it with one of your friends, your followers or whoever, I'd appreciate it. Invite them, tell them, come on, bring your coffee, bring your tea, bring your whatever. It's time, it's starting, it's get your notes ready, get your brain ready, uh, your mind open, because we're going to have some fun today as we dig into this brand. So this is episode number 28. What that means is that 28 times I've sat down here in my little nook, in my little library, and have shared some stories with you. You know, the first 24, 25 episodes, I was reading from one of two books, books that I've written, the YFY book series, either book one or book two, your first year in the beauty industry. 
how to not just survive but thrive in the business of beauty. And then we went through book number two, which was your first year in, which is your first year in salon ownership. We went through those two books. But after we read those entire books, both of them, I was thinking, well, what can we do? Because I don't want to stop doing story time. Right? It took me two years to do this, to start doing it. It took a pandemic to start doing it. It took a, a global pandemic to bring it out of me to just go ahead and do it. Right? When you look at my screensaver, I had to take my own advice. Uh, how many things have you thought about doing or wanted to do and you've just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off? And that's kind of how I was. When it came to story time, when I first, when I finished the first book, YFY, your first year in the beauty industry, I was like, you know what? I want to do like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood, you know, kind of meets Sunny D, meets my YFY community and sit down and just share stories and share lessons and share things I've learned um, just to help kind of uh, go back through the material. And I never did it, you know? So three years ago, I thought about doing it and never did it. How many things have you thought about doing that's a good idea in your head, and maybe even when you told somebody, they agreed with you, which is rare. Most of the times you tell people stuff and they kind of poke holes in it and why it won't work. That's just because how people are. Generally, people are a little more pessimistic. I mean, look at the world we're living in. Can you blame them? No, but you thought it was a good idea, or you have something in your head right now that you think is a good idea, but you're putting it off and you're delaying it. And that was me for you know a few years uh, wanting to go online, wanting to do a live show, have some interactions, uh, wanting to, I mean, I think about so many things that I wanted to do and then put it off, put it off, put it off. So I started this 24 episodes in, finished both YFYI books and I'm like, now what? And so I started looking at my library and looking at all of the amazing titles and authors and people that I've learned from. And I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start going into some of those books. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shed some light on some of these other amazing authors and lessons that I've learned and stories from their material. And some of these companies, I've read through um, some of these books over and over again. You know, and every time I reread a book, I learn something. Even even my books, as I was reading back through them, I'm like, I was like, I wrote this shit? Like, what? <laughs> like, some of it was kind of funny. I was, you know, I was like looking at it and I don't, I mean, I didn't remember. You know, I'm not sitting around reading my books. Like, that's not what I do. I wrote it. I put it out there. I, you know, I share, I talk about it, but I mean, I live it. So I'm not rereading it. So as I was going back through and rereading, I was having I was having a lot of just like aha moments like, oh man, um, that's kind of cool. Or or you know what? I forgot about that. Or you know what? I didn't I didn't even believe some of the stuff I wrote. So as I was reading back through it with you guys, I got inspired and I was like, how many other great stories and how many other great books have I read? that I wanna revisit and share some of these insights and stories with you. And so that's where we find ourselves now. I'm going through these and I talked about some of those companies a few episodes ago. I did kind of a high level, just overview of some of the ones we're gonna look at from McDonald's to um, Apple to we're going through the Ritz Carlton to Ikea. What other ones I got over here? Um, Sam Walton, Walmart. Uh, what other ones we have over? Coca-Cola, Starbucks, all these great companies in these books that I've collected, 
we're gonna start going through some of these studies, doing a brand study, and then also taking into like how could we or how would we or how would I start applying some of these lessons to my current situation. And I've been starting these little, you know, projects as I'm thinking about this. I'm like looking at every industry because every day we find out more and more stuff, right? Especially since we're, you know, kind of been in the coronavirus um, age right now in this pandemic and we're going into this corona economy. Every day we've been finding out more stuff about different industries, about different industries that are, um, that are vulnerable about industries that are you know companies that are filing bankruptcy i mean when you look at the list and you find out you know some companies that you didn't even know were like you thought were fine and then all of a sudden they're like closed and they're gone and this is just the beginning there's going to be a lot more but as i'm looking at all these companies i'm looking at these different in different industries i'm thinking like what could i learn what could we learn from these companies that we could apply to our own lives, to ourselves, to our companies, and as we approach this entering of the corona economy. And that's really where, you know, where I'm at in my head right now. I'm thinking about all these different companies. I'm thinking about, man, if they only had done fill in the blank. If they only had done fill in the blank. So there's lots of those going on. Um, so we've been studying this week. Our focus has been the new gold standard, which is a, a book about the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company, one of the most iconic companies ever. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to share with you, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome, I was on the Twitter earlier this morning and I was just looking at, you know, seeing what's up, catching up on notifications, putting out a tweet, getting ready to, you know, for story time, catching up on some news. And I saw 7.30 this morning, a tweet came in from Joseph Michelli, who happens to be the author of the new gold standard. So he replied to one of my posts from yesterday because we're doing the live broadcast and live stream of Storytime on Twitter. You remember the little company called Periscope was started, you know, Twitter, it's part of Twitter. It used to be live streaming, it was hot for like three seconds. Well, it still exists. And if you go on Twitter and you go live, you can do video or you can do audio live broadcast. So we were live broadcasting this and I tweeted out and I had mentioned him in the tweet about Storytime as we're covering his book. One of the most amazing books that's given me so much insight into my own building a company. And so I tweeted out and I was like, yep, uh, Storytime, you know, episode whatever, 27 I guess it was, you know, we're doing the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company study reading from the new gold standard. And he tweets back and he said, and I'm gonna read his tweet. He said, Sonny D, while my time seems to be gobbled up these days, I took the time to listen to your fabulous story time episode regarding the new gold standard. I'm hooked. You're delivering remarkable value. It's clear why you are successful. Your willingness to share insights is admirable. I was like, nice, awesome. So Joseph, uh, I thanked you on Twitter once. I just wanna thank you again for that feedback. Um, awesome, and thank you really for creating the material because this book, there's so many lessons that I'm sure a lot of people that are watching, listening, uh, whether you're listening to this live, you're watching it live or you're watching it on a replay, on Facebook, on wherever, um, 
are a lot of people are getting great takeaways from this book. And so I'm excited and that was pretty awesome. That was a little day maker early in the morning. So I appreciate that, Joseph, and I appreciate your work. Um, there's other books that he's written too on great companies from Zappos. He's got books on Starbucks and I've read them all. Um, and I mean, I'm gonna read them again because there's so much great insight. And he's really focused on experience, customer experience and leadership. Um, he's an expert in those areas. Um, he's got a new book, The Airbnb Way. So all of his material I've consumed and I'll reconsume because I've learned so much. So thank you, Joseph, for that. Um, that was pretty awesome. And I'm excited to keep things rolling. And so I guess, you know, in a way, you could say that this is like our own little online, live, virtual book club we're starting here. Um, I have a list. It's funny, in my notes on my phone, I have a list of books. And it says, like, if you search it in my phone, what you'll find is it says requirements for partners. So for people that I want to be in partnership with and business with. I've got a list, which now that I'm thinking about, it, I gotta go and check on some of my partners and make sure they're up to date. But it's like 10 books, and sometimes I'll rotate books in and out, but there's 10 books that are like, you must read these. Because they'll give, like they've helped formed my uh, philosophies, they've helped mold and shape my business ideologies, they've helped kind of craft uh, my vision in a sense, and I've been inspired and pulled things from all of these books. And that was kind of my first uh, 4A, I guess you could say, at a book club, and it required my partners to read it. Anybody that wanted to be partners in business, it was a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. So I'm going to have to check up on everybody, make sure they're up to date on the reading. And it was yearly. So annually, there's 10 books um, that were required reading. Now, when it comes to reading books, you guys, you know, I, 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 I wear this like a badge of honor. Being a 1.7 GPA, having no uh, ambition to read books, to be in English class, to really be in school, period. Um, if I wasn't making money in school, hustling or selling something or trying to play sports, which I wasn't really that great at, uh, I had no ambition to be there. Um, so when it came to reading books, never read books. And now I'm writing books and reading books. Why? Because I got over myself. I got out of my own way. Um, you want to go further faster? You've got to feed your mind. You've got to educate yourself. You've got to you got to you know get over yourself to where you're like, well, I'm not good at reading, or I don't like to read, or I don't. Well, you don't like. I don't like to do a lot of things, right? But you got to do it. You got to kind of get out of your own way and get over yourself. So I've become a. I mean, I read books like it's it's my job because really it is. But here's one of the crazy things. Here's some statistics if you like to get into a little statistics. So on average, on average, uh, the CEO, the average CEO of a, um, of a Fortune, I don't know, probably Fortune 500, I think is the stat. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, but, oh, what happened to our Twitter? What happened to our Twitter? Our Twitter broadcast. Hold on a second. Let's get that back up. And running but on average the CEO successful you know CEOs of great companies they'll read 60 books in a year okay I'm just gonna let, let that hang for a second so they're reading 60 books in a year so 60 books in a year so that's like three four I don't know how many books is that a month you know like four books maybe there's times 12 it's two four six eight yeah so it's probably like six five i don't know six books five books a month that's a that's a the ceos 
And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm a CEO, so what am I, I gotta do? But then I'm like, wait, do I wanna be average? No. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm setting my goal way more uh, and higher because also I got catch up to do. Right, I was late to the game. I wasn't. I haven't been. You know, I've been. I started my company uh, ten years ago, so I've got some catch up to do. So I'm like, you know, I need to get my my numbers up. I need to get my reps up. I need to get my skill set up. You know, so if you're thinking about like not like optioning out of wanting to read and consume and educate yourself, forget about it. I mean, it's really, it's gotta become a non-negotiable. Um, now in any given year, I mean, I'm like thinking like six, if I read only 60 books a year, I'd be disappointed in myself, like something drastically went wrong. I'm, I'm hitting like 100, 120, 130 titles, and I do a combination of audiobooks. It's still reading a book, audiobooks and physical books. I do a combination, sometimes I'll do both. Sometimes I'll be listening and like this book, I'm listening to and reading it physically at the same time. You know, if I got a few minutes a day, I can have the physical one, but also if I'm on the road, if I'm in my car, if I'm walking around the house, I'm just kind of laying in bed, I'll also pop in AirPods and I'll listen as well. So there's different ways to consume it and you're hitting different parts of your brain when you're reading and when you're listening. And so it's kind of like it's double, you know, I'm doubling up. So I'm not just consuming it in one way. Think about how you learn, right? Seeing, hearing, and doing, same thing. So seeing and doing like a physical aspect of reading a book, um, then there's the audio aspect of reading the book, and then I'm sharing and talking about it. So hitting all those different learning types, you've gotta hack yourself, right? You've gotta hack um, how, you're, how you're doing things. You gotta hack yourself and kind of figure out different ways that you can, uh, you can not only uh, make yourself do stuff that you don't wanna do, uh, maybe it's tricking yourself into doing it. Um, maybe it's it's uh, figuring out ways to do it even you know at another level, how to double up on things. You've got to hack yourself. You are an experiment. And so you have to experiment on your learning. You have to experiment on the ways that you're consuming information. You have to experiment on the ways that you're and, and on the information that you're consuming. As you may find once you start listening to books that you really like it. I mean, you may find that you really hate it. Um, but you don't, you know, really, if it's gotta be a non-negotiable, you don't get to opt out. If you truly wanna grow and you truly wanna take your game, your business, your company, yourself uh, to the next level, then you've gotta do it. You've gotta make it a non-negotiable. You've gotta make it a um, not an optional thing. You don't opt out, you've got to do it. Um, so as we're getting into this book, this book I came across years ago when I was just getting started as a, as a new business owner. And the thing that really drew me in was the focus on the five leadership principles for creating a legendary customer experience. So that's what I was about. You know, when I was getting started, creating an, a customer experience that was, you know, you couldn't touch. Like it was just gonna be something that people would take from place to place, even not only just in salons, but taking from to any other business and be like comparing it to what they're receiving at the salon 1.0 or at a 1.0 company. Because I wasn't limiting my experience or my company to just salons. So creating a legendary experience, that was the goal, that's the mission, that is what we're still working on 10 years in 
to this day. How can we make the experience better every time, not just we created it one time and it was done. So we've been reading and I've been going through uh, the beginning here just over going over the Ritz-Carlton experience. Uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off from yesterday, you know, where the company was uh, experienced. They went through just a couple of their own experiences and some financial hardships that were very much like what we're going through right now, but even probably worse. I mean, come on, the 1929 stock market crash is probably financially more devastating to people uh, in our country than the stock market right now. Now, it's bad right now, it sucks, right? If you're in the stock market, um, you know you've lost a lot of value, you know companies are losing value, companies are closing up, and some are starting to reopen finally after like two months, um, but it's bad, but this company has gone through that, and that's why I think this is one of those iconic brands we can learn so much from, because they've experienced it. They're over 100 years in the game. 100 years in the game. So let's pick back up with our company. So they're winning all these awards and here we go. So on top of winning accolades for individual hotel properties, Ritz-Carlton has received countless forms of recognition including being ranked highest in guest satisfaction for luxury hotels in the J.D. Power & Associates 2007 North America Hotel Guest Satisfaction Study, a Consumer Reports designation as the number one luxury hotel company in all areas, including service, upkeep, problem resolution, and value, and the distinction of being the Luxury Institute's most prestigious luxury brand. Um, so that's about luxury. That's what we're talking about right there. We're going into it. It also has been ranked highest in customer satisfaction, among luxury hotels in the market, metrics, hospitality index, MMHI, and in publications like Travel Weekly, it repeatedly wins reader polls as best luxury or upscale hotel. Culinary awards such as the Mobile Five Star and AAA Five Diamond recognitions for such restaurants as the Dining Room at the Ritz-Carlton Buckhead in Atlanta are far too numerous to mention. So we're talking about some serious luxury and some serious accolades um, that this company is winning regularly. That's just how they roll. So what are they doing, right? So uh, what's in it for you? From the modest background yet powerful vision of Cesar Ritz through economic highs and lows, leadership at Ritz-Carlton has successfully maintained a disciplined focus on respect for staff, quality improvement, brand repositioning, corporate adaptivity, cultural consistency, and unparalleled service excellence. As such, Ritz-Carlton has earned international respect as a benchmark for corporate culture, development of ultimate customer experiences, consistent product excellence, and an empowered workforce. So some of the key words that stick out to me is development, customer experience, consistent product excellence. So thinking about those things, if you wanna have a company that's gonna stand apart, you've gotta be shooting for um, these types of things. <clears throat> Let's see. So, what does Ritz Carlton have to teach you? 
While many readers will be drawn to this book through their loyal connection to the brand, others may have an awareness of the company only through something Ritz-Carlton leaders refer to as its mystique. Some may be looking for a book simply to help them position their goods or services in relation to the explosive market of luxury products or the luxury lifestyle, yet others may have an interest in using this book to help their staff better understand the art of anticipation built into the Ritz-Carlton service approach. So that's really where you're thinking about like some of the things you might have, some takeaways you might have from the new gold standard. And so this is gonna be, um, this is gonna be some of those things like what do you wanna achieve you know, as you're listening and as you're taking notes, do you want to you know, make a better culture? Do you want to attract and hire and retain the right people? Are you trying to produce a transformational customer experience? You know, are you looking for ways to maintain the relevance of your product and service offerings? Is it all of the above? The new gold standard shares the wisdom of Ritz-Carlton leadership. Ritz-Carlton leaders are responsible for stewarding an iconic or an icon in the luxury market through a constant quest for excellence. To continue its success in a changing global economy and with changing customer needs, even in areas of international growth, succession planning, finding the best location for your business, or determining meaningful quality enhancements, Ritz-Carlton offers a rich tapestry of leadership successes and breakdowns that can help you shorten your path to greater success. And so that's a big thing if you think about it. What do you have to do? Do you have to recreate the wheel? So many companies that have come before you. Now, maybe you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to recreate the wheel or you want to create something that's totally different from the wheel. Um, you can do that, but there's so many companies that have come before us uh, that we can learn from and we can grow from their experiences and looking into what they've been able to achieve and what they've been able to do. So that's some of the things here um, that we're, we're talking about. And as we get into the book i want to get it i want to talk about this area right here so the making of a legend so what is at the essence of this iconic company what is the ritz carlton experience while the answer reflects some variability based on the source you ask there is a striking consistency of opinion for robert e watson managing director of pro travel international inc the experience is characterized as service value what sets Ritz-Carlton apart is its service. Ritz-Carlton partners with us in the travel industry to get the most for our client. If we don't perform the service together, if we don't get that little extra something for the client, if we don't come up with that nugget, that little bit of something new, what would a client need us for? People are spending a lot of money today and they don't mind spending it, provided they get value for their dollar. In today's world, however, value doesn't always match price. The experience at Ritz-Carlton is true value for us as travel partners and for our clients. For community agency partner Colleen T. Brinkman, Chief Marketing Officer of the North Texas Food Bank, the Ritz-Carlton experience is like a Lexus. They set the standard in their industry, but through their volunteer efforts with us, I would say the experience is very personal, very real and colorful, but above all else, respectful and gracious, even to the point of their ladies and gentlemen thanking us for providing them with the opportunity to participate in volunteer service. 
So looking at like what the relationship is with some of these other businesses that have either partnered up with Ritz-Carlton, have partnered up um, from, you know, is integrating them into their own companies. So Ritz-Carlton general manager Tony Mara describes a Ritz-Carlton experience as a wow experience like no other. It's one that you walk in and you know, whether you're a guest or an employee, that you are going to be treated like nowhere else in our industry. It's taking the genuine care and comfort of our guests to the highest level. That, to me, is the Ritz-Carlton experience. Maybe the best way to demonstrate the unique value proposition achieved by Ritz-Carlton is to offer an example from a family that happened upon empowered Ritz-Carlton staff. Natalie Salazar, age 12, was a champion figure skater who began noticing pain in her legs while preparing for a regional competition as a step toward the Olympics. While originally thinking it was joint inflammation, the condition was ultimately diagnosed as a type of cancer known as osteosarcoma. Her chemotherapy treatments were unsuccessful and at age 13, Natalie was told she was going to die. Her biggest regret was that she would never be able to go to her high school prom. Natalie's eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Lewis, attended the same church as Laura Gutierrez, Area Director of Human Resources at the Ritz-Carlton, Dearborn, where Natalie's story was told. Laura and the ladies and gentlemen at Ritz-Carlton rushed into action. Laura described Natalie's special night. We hosted Natalie's prom in our ballroom, and it was attended by 18 classmates and seven of her championship ice skating team members. Our, our audio-visual technician was the disc jockey. Our IT technician was the photographer, and our banquet director provided security, and everyone pitched in to make this an extra special event. Our convention service team put pin lights up and laid a dance floor, and our business center put together a PowerPoint presentation with pictures of the kids from kindergarten to eighth grade, complete with some drawings Natalie's former kindergarten teacher had provided. Laura goes on to add that our team hosted a grand prom complete with Prince Charming, who guided her down the red carpet to Natalie's favorite song, Sweet Escapes. There she danced the night away with Prince Charming. What an emotional night for everyone. The best part was she smiled the entire night. She danced every dance. She ate all of her favorite foods, salami, cheese, and vegetables, and lots of ice cream. She limboed, hula hooped, chicken danced, hustled, and led the train around the room. Parents joined the celebration at 10.30 p.m. just before Prince Charming turned into a frog. The kids had so much fun, they didn't want the night to end. After a tearful goodbye, Princess Natalie was led to her waiting chariot for much needed rest at home. She commented as she drove away, tomorrow I'm off to the hospital for some tests. I can't wait to tell them all about this. And she did just that. According to Laura, the buzz around the hotel was incredible. We were making a difference in a child's life and in the lives of her parents and teachers who for one full year had worried about Natalie, supported her, and cared for her. Natalie's father said, we are immigrants to this country and have no family here. When Natalie became ill, we didn't know what we would do. But Natalie's teachers and friends and the staff at Ritz-Carlton became our family. 
Natalie's mother added, I've been blessed with many friends, but I didn't know there were such wonderful and caring hearts as we found with everyone at Ritz-Carlton. Natalie was only 13 when she lost her battle on Thursday, September 20th, 2007. The seamstress at Ritz-Carlton who had made Natalie's prom dress also made the dress in which she was buried. In Natalie's honor, Laura and the staff of Ritz-Carlton commemorated what would have been Natalie's 14th birthday on October 22nd, 2007, complete with the cake Natalie had described to Laura the evening before her death. Laura continues to keep in touch with Natalie's parents. While many other companies support members of their community, the Ritz-Carlton culture of service routinely delivers caring as that, as that provided to Natalie's family. From my perspective, the Ritz-Carlton experience is reflected in leadership committed to unrelenting quality, respect for all, and that the company staff encounters, and oddly enough, also a great spirit of candor. So I just want you guys to think about that. I mean, if that's not either making you cry or just making you think or making you just like doesn't warm you up, then you're, you're dead. I mean, to think about a company that goes to that level for a local person in their community, not that their you know, family may have been the uh, ultimate customers of their business, but to go to that level to create, you know, for this little dying child to create a prom for her, to have a whole celebration, to make her, you know, her her gown that she wears at the prom also what she wears at her funeral. I mean, to bring the whole community around her. Um, that is that's an exceptional, uh, not only a, a great story, but in just an exceptional company, you know. And you could do that, and it doesn't, you know, it's going to be at different levels. Your company can be that. And that's where that legendary part comes in play. Um, so, and he goes on to say back to the story, as a result of this candor, I've identified five core principles that I will use to structure your behind the scenes examination of the company. This side, this inside look reveals the ideals that fuel the consistency and greatness of this legendary organization. Each principle presented in the following chapters not only offers insight into service, hospitality, and creating a luxury lifestyle experience, but also provides opportunities to increase excellence in all aspects of business and personal life. Through dedicated adherence to these principles, everyone can elevate his or her business to the Ritz-Carlton gold standard. The new gold standard reflects both intuitive and counterintuitive aspects of leadership, which may be fairly easy to comprehend, yet far more difficult to master. It is my belief that constant and steadfast focus on these Ritz-Carlton principles will result in your developing and maintaining the new gold standard for your industry. Specifically, the principles are these. Number one, define and refine. Number two, empower through trust. Number three, it's not about you. Number four, deliver wow. And then number five, leave a lasting footprint. These guideposts, while inspired by the journey and leadership of Ritz-Carlton, have application across all industries and geographical boundaries. They reflect an opportunity for you to strengthen 
and touch the lives of your staff, teams, customers, shareholders, community, and the bottom line. In the words of Cesar Ritz, people like to be served, but invisibly. Whether it's through washing bed linens or creating an international strategic, strategic plan, these principles can connect you to your invisible power as you fully serve staff and customers alike. Let's explore each of these principles derived from the Ritz-Carlton New Gold Standard to maximize your ability to drive relevance, quality, and of course, world-class service throughout your business and personal life. And so that's a little overview and a little bit of the history and the story of Ritz-Carlton. And then we're gonna get into uh, this first principle today, define and refine. And we're gonna probably do uh, two and three tomorrow, the empower through trust, it's not about you, and then four and five on Friday, which will be deliver wow and leave a lasting footprint. And so as you're thinking about this and you're thinking about the company, um, I wanna encourage you as you're listening and you're kind of looking at your business, you're looking at your, your life. You're looking at either the company that you work for right now or you know, the company that you're planning on starting. As you're thinking about what would I do in this situation, you know, and, and we'll say, you know, like WW, we could do WWCD, like what would Cesar do? Or we could do WWRD, um, like what would Ritz do? But I want you to be thinking about how could you apply or take this, uh, take this <clears throat> lesson or these lessons and apply them in your own business, in your own life. Um, so those are some of the things. So the first principle, define and refine. Set the foundation, communicating core identity and culture. So we've got a little quote here. And you remember when I was reading through my books, every chapter started with a quote. I like this. Joseph Michelli, great job. <laughs> So the loftier the building, the deeper must the foundation be laid. Now, there's a lot of, and I've got some things highlighted and underlined that I'm going to pick out of these. Um, so we're talking about the define and refine. When you think about defining like what your culture is, you think about refining what your culture is. So core cultural elements you know, thinking about how Ritz-Carlton's name is both its greatest asset and at times its worst liability. Because Ritz-Carlton sets the bar, not just in the hotel industry, but for many service companies, analysts typically offer copious admiration or harsh criticism when it comes to the company's decisions or any changes it undertakes. So that's something you're gonna have to be faced with. You know, if you're going to set the bar, you want to be that beacon, you want to be that shining light, you want to be leader of industry, you've got to be prepared. There's going to be admira ad admiration, but with that admiration is also going to come critique and criticism. That's just part of the game. You could call that the uh, entry for admission, uh, but you're going to have both of those things going on. So this one thing that I highlighted here, uh, cult versus culture. So there is a fine line between being a fan of something and being fanatical about it. When it comes to the gold standards, Ritz-Carlton leaders and frontline staff alike can appear from what an outsider's perspective 
So think about this. From an outsider's perspective, to be teetering toward the fanatical. Julia Gadge, not sure how to pronounce her name, I don't want to butcher it. Looks like Gadgekak, Vice President of Communications and Marketing, relates. When I used to work for a competitor, we would joke about the almost obsessive and cult-like focus on culture at Ritz-Carlton. Behaviors like carrying around a credo card, delineating the gold standards, identifying that card as part of an employee's uniform, and attending daily lineups seemed a bit odd to those of us from us from an outside company, from the outside company, Julia added. I actually brought that issue up to Sue Stevenson, the former vice president of human resources and current vice president of community footprints as I was being interviewed for a leadership position at Ritz-Carlton. I told Sue, I probably shouldn't say this, but as a job candidate, I don't feel that employees should have to carry a credo card to remind them of what their company is all about. As Sue responded in such a gentle and respectful way, how funny that you say that. You know, I feel the same way. I don't have to put my beliefs on a piece of paper and remind myself of them every day at, at lineup. But the fact that my company has actually written them down and communicates what it values means so much to me as a leader in this organization. Sue went on to say, the gold standards are there for people who want to be reminded and maybe haven't memorized them. And if you don't feel like carrying the card, you don't carry it. But hopefully you have these beliefs in your heart. Julia shared that she got over the hump and embraced the culture because Sue responded with such respect and epitomized the gold standards that I've come to value at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. And I'm gonna go over that uh, credo card in just a second. So the gold standards. While many companies have finely worded statements of vision, purpose, and values, few company, few business leaders can rival Ritz-Carlton when it comes to keeping those roadmaps and cultural anchors at the top of mind of their staff. Through a diligent commitment, Ritz-Carlton leaders have found a way to bring the purpose and value of the company into the daily lives of their ladies and gentlemen. As noted earlier by Julia Gajkak, one of the most basic strategies for keeping this information front and center for employees is a tri-fold pocket card that bears the title Gold Standards but is referred to as the credo card. This card is not only a part of every staff member's uniform, but it is also typically referred to on a daily basis and readily shared with guests. Jonathan G. Foss experienced that firsthand. As he shares, I was a guest at the Cancun property when Hurricane Wilma battered us. I was so struck by the way the staff operated with a single-minded purpose for guest safety and comfort that I asked what enabled them to be so cohesive. A staff member showed me the credo card and gave it to me. I actually had him sign it. Given the daily reinforcement of the content of the credo card, you would be hard-pressed to find a lady or gentleman at the Ritz-Carlton who can't immediately articulate the following. The credo, the motto, the three steps of service. So here's the credo. The credo, in its most elegant form, the Ritz-Carlton 
has defined the ultimate guest experience in three easily remembered stanzas. The Ritz-Carlton is a place where the genuine care and comfort of our guests is our highest mission. Second one, we pledge to provide the finest personal service and facilities for our guests who will always enjoy a warm, relaxed, yet refined ambiance. And then the third one, the Ritz-Carlton experience enlivens the senses, instills well-being, and fulfills even the unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. So as you're thinking about that, that credo, those are um, three simple but highly, I, I believe, like impactful things that you can look at. If you're wanting to right, take your experience and take your your guest experience to a whole another level think about that the credo card so they're carrying this card with them but as that one manager said you don't have to i mean you could carry it and then you could you know you could not you could like let it go if it's in your heart who's popping in here let's see kelly what's going on kelly Kelly's gonna maybe pop in here for a second. Let's see what's going on. We'll see if we can. There he is. What's going on, man? Things are awesome, man. Things are awesome. We're just doing a little story time this morning. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm chilling, man. I heard you talking about the credo, man. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, the credo card. Yes, sir. The Ritz-Carlton. Yep, that's that's the study this week. We're going through the new gold standard. So we're talking about the credo card that they all carry on them. That's incredible, man. What did, what did it mean to you in your life when you started reading that? What, what, uh, I mean, because you've always been probably one of the most disciplined people in the world. Um, where does that discipline come from, A? And then B, uh, when you heard something like that, did it did it reiterate what you were doing or did it uh, you know, um, or did it change something and had you start doing something different? You know, really for, for me when I, I mean, and I'm, that's why I'm wearing this shirt today because I knew I was going to be going over this. So I was in the Marine Corps right out of high school. Um, so for me, you know, having like we had the, the Rifleman's Creed, um, which we had to learn, we had to, you know, memorize, we had to recite. Um, there's a lot of credos. So I, it took me, it took me right back there. It took me right back to being in the Marine Corps, um, to having the discipline, to making your bed every single day, to having the 45 degree corners folded, um, to making sure a quarter could bounce off of the, off of your blanket. Um, so when I heard that and I read this, it, that's exactly where I went back to. And, I just started thinking about, you know, as, as a person now, like I have credos, you know, non-negotiable still within myself, within my life, um, and then taking that right into the salon, you know, building the salons, you know, having some things that we, you know, know like are our credos about educating our guests, you know, every single experience, you know, given that almost like the guest having those rights. So that's kind of where it took me to. You've been...
talk about the ne- uh, the positives and the negatives of having a military background because it's not all positive. Sometimes people take a military background into a place and they just go procedure, 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 procedure. Uh, where what has been the uh, what was the kind of uh, you know the pros and cons of having that military background? Because I have one too. Not that I was in it, but my dad was. Yeah. So I had to uh, had to adapt. How have you had to adapt to what you said? What have you seen? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and I'm glad. I mean, you know, I'm kind of glad in a sense, you know, that I did only you know stay in for for one one term because I've seen I've seen where it can go, and I've just had to remind myself because sometimes you know I'm I'm looking at performance, and then I'm like I'll connect back and be like, wait, you know, I got to slow down because they're not Marines, right? They're not Marines, and then you take you could take it to that level where to you you might be you might go into straight like oh it's life or death. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not necessarily life or death. It just feels like that because the pressure that I put on myself. So I know I've, I've driven some people to the brink of either A, they quit, right? Because they just, they couldn't do it. They're like, no, it's just too much. And so I had to like, I have to, I have to take it, you know, take some of those goods and also kind of hold back some of those. I'm not only even in the salon too, man. You know, I have, just like you have kids, I have kids um, putting that pressure on them. Uh, I still make my son, my youngest, I mean, if he says the word can, he's got to do 10 push-ups. That's a, <laughs> I'm going to keep rolling with that one. But some of those things, yeah, I definitely had to pull back because I have to remind myself, yeah, these aren't Marines, right? We're, you know, these are hairstylists. But the, the, the level of expectation is still there, um, but it's also, it's got a, it's been kind of smoothed over a little bit over the years as I've learned, you know, growing the business for sure. Well, I mean, the first thing that they instill, you know, especially for the military is, I mean, in in every branch, I mean, they have this somewhere in there that, you know, you don't quit. Like there's just, there's, it's not an option. Like that's taken off the table from the minute you start. Um, There is no quit in you. Um, That the hill, every hill has a top and every hill has a bottom, you know, so that's something that we have to learn as Marines. And, you know, there's, um, there's another saying about you know never being out of the fight. You know, as long as you've got a heartbeat in you, you've got you know you, one arm gets shot. You know, guess what? You got another one, and that one goes. Then you have to learn how to use your fo- your foot. Um, so there's always a way. That's a mentality that they drill into you. Um, there's always a there's always an option. Um, and then another thing that we say, you know, in the Marine Corps we say semper fi, which means always faithful, but. In the Marine Corps, Marine Corps, we say Semper Gumby because you always have to be flexible. 
And so you remember those little green Gumby dolls back in the day, you could bend them and contort them every single way. So that's a big thing. So we would say that to each other all the time, Semper Gumby, where other people would see us and on the shirts and on the stickers that says Semper Fi, we in the Marine Corps, we say Semper Gumby. Because every time you have a plan, something's gonna happen and you gotta change it up and you gotta be flexible. You gotta be able to bend over backwards. So like when this came, I mean, you're right. I was like, okay, you know, this is work the problem. This is this is the obstacle in front of us right now. Um, I kind of tightened up my, my vision a little bit, what you learn to do, especially if you're in it, you gotta tighten it up and you gotta work within maybe three feet around you. You don't always have a view of the entire battlefield. You don't always have a view of the entire situation. So I got real narrow when this first hit and was thinking, okay, what can I control, right? Control what you can control, work within that few feet around you. And then once you work that few feet, then you'll be able to work another few feet. So sometimes, I mean, it's an inch at a time. And I remember crawl, I remember doing drills where you had to crawl across the field and you'd be crawling and crawling and, and there would be no end. You wouldn't know where the end was because they had you keep your head down and then it would, they would just keep telling you, you're almost there, you're almost there and you just keep crawling. And at times you just want to quit but you, you, there's no quit. And there's always like, just go a few more feet. And before you know it, you thought you were going, you know, 50 feet, 100 feet, and you end up going a thousand yards. Um, but it was just working in a few feet at a time. So those are things like right now, I look at this and I'm like, you know what? There's only a few feet we're gonna get at a time. We're gonna claw back. You know, we're gonna have a few guests at a time. Uh, we can't, you know, take care of every single problem right now. We just gotta take care of the one or two, three problems we can and then we'll deal with the next three, and then the next three, and then the next three. So that's kind of how we've been, I've been dealing with it and, and talking with the team about it. What about you? Well, I, I think that it, it's great though, because hearing you, right? Hearing you, you uh, we were talking about credo from the first bit, then we went into uh, catastrophe mode, and your mentality didn't change. Speak on that, because there's so many people that, you know, during these times, they think, oh man, my character's being built. But I don't believe that. I believe that Sonny's character is being shown and exposed during this time. And so your credo that you were talking about, that, that 30,000 foot view, when you get three feet uh, away from yourself, what I'm hearing from you, Sonny, is that's exactly the same. It's just a micro version of it. So help, help us to understand this because I think that people panic, right? And then they just start coming up with new things, changing their brand, changing who they are, changing all these things. And it's like, like you said, three feet. So speak on that a little bit. Well, you know, and, and Kelly, one of the things, and one of the things I love about you is, I mean, you speak your truth, and I've heard you say about in the dark, what you do in the dark is shown in the light, right? And that's something I've shared um, with my team over time, and I think that's really what it is. I mean, you're not, it's, it's like, I guess you could say, I mean, if you have a car, and it, you have a Ferrari. Yes, in my neighborhood, you can't go more than 30 miles an hour. But that Ferrari is still a Ferrari. It's gonna do what it can do, but you may not be able to open it up right around here, but it's not gonna look like a Honda Civic or it's not gonna look like my Honda. It's, not, it's still gonna be a Ferrari. But when you get it on the open road and you, and you open the governor, right, and you let it rip, it's gonna do 100, 200 miles an hour and so I don't think you're gonna change who you are. I don't think you're gonna be able to change that car just because you put a sign up and it said, guess what, there's children playing here, you've gotta slow down. And so that's kind of what happened. I mean, 
with me, I'm, I'm going to be me, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, whether it's whatever's going on, and everyone's going to be whoever they are. And some people, this might be the open road and they're going to let it rip and they're going to show you just how powerful their engine is. Uh, for some people, this may be a period where it's children playing and they got to bring it all the way down. Um, but you don't have to rebuild your engine. I'm not going to change. I'm not gonna I'm not going to be able to paint my car and now it's not a Ferrari anymore. I'm going to paint just because I paint a little H on there. It doesn't turn it into a Honda. Um, so I don't think, I, I think it's about not really trying to be, I, I mean, I am who I am, you know, and so I think that's what it is. And, and knowing, trust in your, and one of the big things for me, I know for the courts, like trust in your training. You know, so when things start happening, you have to trust that you've been prepared properly for this moment. At the same time, you know, there are, there are people that find out, you know, when things start happening that I'm not prepared for the moment. Um, but for some, you know, that are, you know, been preparing in, for this moment and, and believe in, you know, their training and trust in their training, you know, and, and you take it to a hair show. You know, when you end up on stage all of a sudden, I mean, I'm a hairdresser behind the chair and I've been preparing for this my whole life. So when I end up on stage cutting hair, I'm not going to like all of a sudden be something I'm not or, or not be what I am. I'm going to still be a hairdresser. And that's where I think, you know, that's where it comes into play. So it's just, it might look a little different. There might be a few more people watching me cut hair. There might be a few more people, you know, hearing what I'm saying, but I'm still that hairdresser behind the chair, you know, in Tampa. I'm just now maybe on a stage somewhere doing it. Um, so that's where it is. I think trusting in your training. And I think for a lot of people knowing that, you know, you're, you've been being prepared for this moment, you know, your whole life. So now it's, now it's time that you know you're there. You're at the occasion. You can you can rise, um, but you're at the occasion. So I think like that mentality. It's just and it's it's not. This is going to be something else. And I'm sharing this with a lot of people. Like the Corona is just dressed up in a Corona costume this time. Next time in ten years is going to be dressed up as something else, you know. But what are you going to be dressed up as? I mean, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. You know, we just, I mean, I can only look at, I mean, I can look 10 years ago. I mean, I've developed um, 10 years before that. I developed, you know, even after the Marine Corps, I mean, for four years, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a, I was me, but I wasn't what I am now, you know, so it's a constant development. So if I were, if I were there, I've been beaten down right now. I mean, I'd be looking at people, I'd be looking at people like you. I'd be looking at people, you know, like myself, like some of the authors that I've been sharing on Storytime. I'd be looking at people because everybody who's accomplished anything, um, they, they're they're sharing, they're wanting other people to be successful, they're trying to help people, 
and that's just the nature of who you know who we are um, so those people like just like me when I was down when I was on my last dollar when I was sleeping on a cot as a new salon o owner in the back of the salon embarrassed that I didn't have a place to live didn't want my staff to know I was living there um, I had to look up and I had to see okay um, who can I learn from so I started looking at people like yourself people like Robert people like Tony Robbins people like ET all these different people and I found out like Les Brown being an abandoned baby in a in a in a in, a, in an abandoned building left for dead and I'm watching him and watching what he was able to do so that's where I'm looking at if I'm down I'm, I know that I can look up and I can start looking at some of these people um, that are, I mean, in everybody's situation is different, but everybody has a situation, and it may need, and it may be a whole hell of a lot worse um, that we can learn something from. And so, I like to look at all of these different people and start studying and learning from them to help, you know, give me okay, this is how they did it, okay, and this is how they did. It. I have an invisible board of advisors that I talk to all the time, and most of them are dead. Some of them don't even know they're on my board. But I get advice from them all the time because I always WW, they, what would they do? And I start looking at them. So if you're down and out, you start looking around um, and you can look up. And, you know, that's uh, what Les says. You know, he said, if you can look up, you can get up. And so that's what I'm trying to do every single day. We're all down at some point. No one's always up. You know, but every time we look around, there's somebody that might be. And it might be today. It might be I'm leaning on you and then tomorrow you'll lean on me. So there's somebody out there that's got a handout. You just may not see it because you're looking down, but they got a handout wanting to help you up. So what, uh, what, is your, what was your biggest kind of uh, blunder in leadership? Uh, you know, I've had, I've, I've made a whole career of them. Uh, and Kelly, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I might have to go live again because this stream might end in a few seconds. Okay. But I'll, No, no. <laughs> the short, the short answer is no. You know, and I've I've had relationships crash and burn where I've tried to do that, um, where I've tried to have that, um, but that's where you know really having to relax and and also I mean being okay with just because you have it going your way and you have your systems and that doesn't mean that everyone's gonna always fall into that. Like it's a give and take. You know, and so my relationship now is I'm being flourishing, and I really think it's because I learned a lot of those lessons the hard way. Where, um, yeah, there's not a system. You know, sometimes things just have to. They just have to be, and you have to be, and you have to. And and that's a. It's a hard one, man. Especially when you love what you do. Especially when you just like you just want everything. Like this works here. It should work there, but it just doesn't translate. Um, and it's it's uh, you know I think about I'm watching Le I'm watching the uh, the Last Dance right now the whole Michael Jordan and the story it's I mean and just last night I was catching up yeah <laughs> I was catching up and he was talking about how he went and they rebuilt his body for baseball and he thought it would translate like his amazing athleticism it didn't translate it didn't speak into baseball what he thought it would do and then coming back he had to reconfigure it so. 
it's not all the same. I can't take like the systems in the salon and you know the systems in the company and the business and this happens before this happens and and when I can't troubleshoot all of those things against some kind of metric, um, the KPI and you know I can't. So you have to you have to really I think for me it's been about understanding like where you know there's a human element and and not everyone's gonna love. Um, the same way and not everyone's gonna love everything about it and you can't you know with your relationship You can't expect it to work because it worked over there in business Doesn't mean it's gonna translate over here in the personal so that's been a, that's been a learning I'd say that has been a big learning curve for me um, and, and unfortunately it cost me some relationships, you know in, in learning that um, but I think that's where I'm at now I'm, I'm kind of finally I'm kind of finally look learning like I can have it all but I can't just apply the same blueprint to every scenario and, and put it on every person. That's what I've learned from it. <laughs> How about you, man? How about you? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've been married for, uh, what's it coming up on, 12 years. And so um, I'm still learning. And, uh, you know, uh, someone said the other day, what up, Akimi? I can't wait to see you. Um, I guess Akimi had been a friend of mine for 20 years in Las Vegas, just hopped on. Nice. I think I think one of the biggest things, man, is his. Uh, my dad told me a very early. He's old school. He's military, and he's like, boy. He called me boy. He's like, boy, uh, you're the head in the family. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, well, your uh, wife is the neck, and she turns the head wherever she wants it to go. <laughs> and understanding and knowing that part of it, um, and just little. I mean, the the little aspects. So I think that that that's been a big one. But it, it definitely it doesn't translate into relationships. It doesn't translate into kids. Um, you know, I think that you have to, you could use similar principles, but, uh, and have your integrity, but it's not going to translate. So, yeah, yeah, man, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, that's the thing I think with some of it, I, I mean, it's just, it's experience. And then you hear like, and when I learn, I mean, I look at like you in Brooklyn every time I see you guys and I'm like, you know, I, I mean, I admire your guys relationship, um, your kids. And I'm like, that's something that, you know, you've learned. You had to, you know, learn. And I, I remember hearing, you know, when you uh, first met and um, and I'm sure, you know, like and that's one of the things that I'm like, like watching. I'm watching successful people that are in successful relationships and, and happily married. Um, you can see it when I see you guys together. Genuine love and affection for each other. That's something that's learned. I admire that. And I'm, I'm working towards that. That's what I'm working towards. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job, man. I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get rolling now. I gotta get on the phone with my pop. I talk to my dad every single day. Awesome. That's my message to every one of you guys. If you have parents um, on this earth, call them every single day. Uh, I get a chance to be able to talk with him, and I'll leave you with something, Sonny, that he's told me for my whole entire life. He told me that he tells me every morning. I'm gonna get on the phone here in a second. And he's gonna say it to me again. He tells me I'm the greatest every single day. And then, uh, but it changed uh, two years ago when my mom passed away. He called me for the first time after she passed and he said, you're the greatest. And then he paused and he said, so act accordingly. And so I nice. want every person out there and you to realize that you're the greatest. So let's act accordingly in our businesses, our lives and our relationships. Yeah. Awesome, Kelly. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping in here, man. That was awesome. Hey, I love you, man. Take care. I'll be thinking about you guys and keep up everything you're doing, man. Love the podcast. Love what's happening with that. So keep up everything you're doing, man. You're taking it. You're taking us all up to another level, man. I'll see you later. Tell your pops okay, I said hey. Day, all right, buddy. you too. Bye, bye. Bye. Awesome, awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, 
You guys, that was Kelly Kelly popping in here. Kelly Cardenas, I've known him um, my entire career, really. Uh, just a, um, a legend within our company, within our industry. Um, great guy, great father, great business leader, an author, podcaster. Uh, he's really doing it all, so that was awesome to have him jump in the story time. And when you think about that, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here and you're thinking about like the credo and what the credo looks like for you, what the credo looks like for the Ritz-Carlton, the brand that we're studying this week, um, what the credo looks like for your family, those different things, like Kelly was saying, those different things will change, right? There will be some ebb and there will be some flow depending on where you're applying it. Um, so hopefully you guys took something away from that, um, the credo, and those last three things, right, that we just talked about from the credo, the place where the genuine care and comfort of our guests is our highest mission. And that word guest can be taken out. It could be put, you could replace it with children. You could replace it with loved ones. You could replace it with girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, animals, whatever. The second one, we pledge to provide the finest personal service and facilities for our guests who will always enjoy warm, relaxed, yet refined ambiance. And then the third one, the Ritz-Carlton experience enlivens the senses, instills well-being, and fulfills even the unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. And that one for me, it's really about anticipation. Um, and you will have to define these and you will have to refine these. And that first principle about uh, defining and refining, looking at the credo, uh, looking at you know some of the things that you may um, need to do or want to do, um, and apply those to your business, apply those to your life, um, have some, success, some successes with these. I can't wait to hear about them. So I just want to thank you guys again for being here. We went on a little extended session. We had a, a guest speaker pop in, Kelly Cardenas. Appreciate you, man. Uh, love you for stopping by. And definitely you guys, as you're out there, whether you're on Instagram, whether you're on Facebook One Stream, Facebook Two, on Twitter, on the podcast, uh, there may have been a little clip in the podcast, I apologize, where we uh, lost our our, uh, our recording because just like in Instagram, we're limited to an hour, so I restarted it. So this may be broken up in a couple of parts, um, but I'm sure you got the whole message no matter if you got it in one or two parts. But I just want to thank you guys again for being here for story time. We're here every morning, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., and we'll be back tomorrow as we continue the brand study, The New Gold Standard. The book that we're reading from right now, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, one of the most iconic, uh, legendary brands, especially when it comes to customer service, culture, experiences. Um, so I'm learning a ton going back through this again. Can't wait to come back tomorrow and share with you guys some more lessons from the gold, the new gold standard and the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. So thanks again for listening, guys. Um, it's been great. Had a great morning. You guys get out there crush the day, own the day, and I will see you, talk to you, or hear from you guys tomorrow. Thanks for watching, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Sunny D here again. I told you, didn't I? That episode was definitely... Uh, gonna go down as one of our faves. I uh, just want to thank Kelly again for popping in. He's definitely a, a mentor of mine, a friend, a colleague, uh, just an awesome person all around in business um, and in life. He's great at being a human. So definitely check him out. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. 
at The Real Kelly Cardenas and look into what he's got going on with his podcast, his company, um, and just his, uh, his overall uh, genuine spirit that he brings to everything that he does. And hopefully you guys got some awesome takeaways from the new gold standard by Joseph Michelli, that credo. Think about what that credo looks like. Think about what that credo looks like in your life. Think about what that credo looks like in your business. Um, Think about how you can apply, if you don't have a credo, how you can develop one and how you can apply it um, to take your entire life to the next level. Thanks again for listening. Um, Hopefully you can catch a live story time. Uh, Tomorrow morning, we'll be back with another episode. And if you want to take me on the go, you can go to yfyipodcast.com for all of our current, you know, most recent podcast episodes, all of the past episodes, and all of the future episodes. So thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFY podcast. Remember, this is the place where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.